the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, friends, welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, I am Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us today. All right, Aubrey, new new documentary coming out right now, and it focuses on Hillsong Church. For anybody who's unaware, Hillsong Church... I mean, I, we can't even really call it a church as much as a, what would you call it? A denomination in of itself, a movement, a string of churches out of out of Australia. Yeah. How would you call that? I mean, I would definitely call it a movement. There's been some conversation. Is it a denomination? I, I think if it continues to grow and become as popular as it is, it probably would be a do- denomination. But it, it definitely is a Pentecostal movement, yes. uh, massive, massively influential church. Right. Started years ago by Brian Houston in Australia. But, you know, there's Hillsong churches everywhere across America. If you go to a uh, an evangelical church, you probably have sung Hillsong songs at some point. Yes. Uh, they are. They have been embroiled in a lot of controversy as of late. Some abuse scandals, You the Carl Lentz story out of Hillsong, New York, uh, all sorts of other things. And it has shined a spotlight on the Hillsong movement. And Aubrey, I don't say this sarcastically. We ask, is it a movement? Is it a denomination? I think some people would call it a cult uh, from at least outside the church. There is a new movie coming out about Hillsong that does not paint it in a good light. And I would like us to hear the trailer of this movie. And then, Aubrey, I want us to discuss uh, what does a healthy church even look like? What picture of the church is being painted right now? So let's go ahead and listen to this trailer. Have you ever heard of Hillsong Church? Hillsong is the celebrity church, right? Bieber, Bono, Vanessa Hudgens, Kevin Durant. It wasn't just this Australian startup anymore. It was Justin Bieber's church. They've had over 3 billion views on YouTube. Hillsong changed the way that many of us saw how church could be done. They're huge now. They're huge. You can make a real change if you come to Hillsong. This was going to be a place where I could call my home. But that clearly wasn't the case, and it almost took my life. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time. When we talk about Carl and purity, how could you shame me when I was so young, but you did this? It was the most toxic thing I ever had to deal with. Uh, hey, girl. Hi. Sooner or later, God will cut you down. The beliefs that they put in you go deep. They really get in your head. This is cool, church. There is a fine line between cult and culture. They want to spread their tentacles as far as they can. They really do believe that they need to conquer Earth in order to make heaven on Earth. To essentially bring on the end time. This is not a moral failure. It's a felonious criminal act. $78 million in revenue, tax-free. 
Manipulation, religious trauma, systemic cover-up, tremendous power. Everything in your life is Hillsong. This is not what I thought it was. All right, that that trailer breaks my heart, Aubrey, and it makes me want to watch the movie. So it's it does its job. Uh, I think I want to do both. You heard that for the first time this morning. What did you think about it? Two things simultaneously is what I thought. One, my heart is so broken. I mean, I have really good friends that are a part of Hillsong. So my heart is so broken. One, that so many terrible things has come out of such an incredible church movement. My heart is broken that now the whole world is going to look at another church who claims the name of Jesus and just doesn't look good from the Mm -hmm, world's perspective. mm -hmm. So there's like, okay, there's two things happening. There's a sadness to me that this documentary is even coming out, ripping down this church that's so beloved by many. The simultaneous sadness is, why is this stuff keep happening at church with church leadership? And Mm -hmm, I I would say, mm -hmm. you know, Carl Lenz seems to be the name for me that kind of keeps coming to the forefront of like, just, uh, just a fallen leader again, and kind of the string of, of leaders who abused women and took advantage of women and weren't who they said they were. Um, obviously we know there's some exploitation, there's some cover-ups. So I'm simultaneously like, I wish this wasn't coming out into the world because it makes Jesus look bad. Simultaneously, I wish these things stopped being hidden. So I'm glad it's coming out. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I yeah. am so, my heart hurts over this. I'll just say that. And I think that gets at, uh, every now and then we do these stories of big churches, uh, that have these colossal failures. And I always think to myself, do we want to do another one? Uh, and I really right. kind of do feel like they're important to highlight because yeah. uh, these things are going on in the church world right now. Uh, there is a reckoning going on, but also, Aubrey, increasingly as there is uh, media pointing at these uh, scandals and these churches. Right, I mean, the right. Carl Lentz scandal was front page New York yeah. Post for weeks. Right. Uh, as these things go on, Quite frankly, people start to outside of the church start to go, well, that's what the church is like. Okay, that's the church. And we have to wrestle with what does a healthy church like look like? Because these scandals happen outside of the newspaper, but in smaller churches all the time. They happen in like farmland church communities and, you know, in church communities around the world, you've never even heard about. That's right. So it's it's not that this is necessarily like a mega church problem, but certainly the spotlight on them because their mega church highlights the problem. Yeah, and I'd say the first, very first segment we ever did on the Common Good three years ago was uh, about Harvest Bible Chapel, and then you mm-hmm. had Willow Creek, and you've got Hillsong, and all of these, yeah. the Ravi Zachariah stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think we have to just own it as a as a evangelical movement, if you will, and go, hey, we have to do better. I guess that's where I want to end this, Aubrey. Is just to go, we have to do better. Yeah, like we have got to do well, whether you're a church of fifty or five thousand. Uh, you are the representative of Jesus to our that's to it, our right? world around yeah. us, and, and that's not an overstatement, right, Aubrey? Like they, they, we have to own that as our as our mission, as our title, as our role. Not what we tweet, not what we say, as much as just how we live in our lives and mm-hmm. what we do. I, I think we can't undersell how much we are Christ's representatives to the world. Yeah. And I don't know, Brian, this is what's so hard. Like, have we forgotten that? Um, Have we confused sort of this like high profile success 
with anointing, like holy mm-hmm. anointing that the Bible talks about. Like, it seems like we've, especially, I, I want to be clear, especially in the American Western church, although this mm-hmm. is coming out of Australia, so perhaps in the Australian church, like we, we've just really, it's like we've traded a small faithful life of following Jesus for something else. And yeah. then we've said that yeah. something else is success in yeah. the church, is success in the kingdom, is God's anointing, is God's favor, is God's blessing. And it's like we need to parse out how we define favor, blessing, anointing, ministry from whatever that is. Like, yes. It's like we've mixed the American dream up with God's dream for the world, frankly. That's right. And That's right. I mean, I, I see the the plank in my own eye, like in little ways, how often I do this. But it, I, it, I think you're right, Brian. Like we cannot undersell the call to the entire church. Like you represent Jesus to the world. Mm-hmm. You are the, and, and I mean, you in your church community are the signpost, the evidence of Jesus in this world. And so we, that's a high calling and we need to take it seriously. Amen. Amen. That is the calling of the church to be a light on the hill and to be a light in the darkness. This three-part docu-series called Hillsong, A Mega Church Exposed is going to premiere on Thursday, March the 24th on Discovery+. Plus. I'm sure it will be painful, uh, but also fascinating. I guess we're starting today, Aubrey, by just saying, church, let's do our job well. Let's do it it well. Well, Coming up next, Senior Pastor of Quinton Road Baptist Church and host of In Grace Radio, right here at Heard Weekdays, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. His name is Pastor Jim Scudder, Jr. And we are excited to be joined uh, by Jim next to talk about an event at his church, uh, a new series that he is doing. We're excited to spend some time with Jim Scudder, Jr. next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Hey friends, welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. And Aubrey and I are thrilled to be joined by a teammate here at AM 1160. He's the senior pastor of Quinton Road Baptist Church and also the host of In Grace Radio, which can be heard weekdays at 4 a.m. and 10 a.m. right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. His name is Jim Scudder Jr. Jim, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Brian. Uh, Good to talk with you and Aubrey. It is wonderful to have you uh, with us again. And we've got lots of different things to talk to you about, Jim, but let's talk about the radio show. Remind people, uh, we want them to tune in here on AM 1160. So remind them, uh, what do you do with the show? Kind of what's the heartbeat behind In Grace Radio? We are a Monday through Thursday preaching pulpit ministry and we shift gears on Friday and weekend. So I know on AM 1160, we're on, I think, multiple times every day. We're like at midnight, four in the morning. So I don't know who, who listens during those times. <laughs> People who need it are listening right now. <laughs> I have church members are like, Pastor Scudder, I can't believe you, you get up so early. And <laughs> I just don't say anything. Just smile. Yes, yes. Uh, and then at uh, 10. And, and then the weekends, uh, I think it's Saturday night. So anyways, the, the Friday and the weekend show is we go somewhere. Uh, so we typically will go look for something of God's creative genius or mm. some proof of you know, evidence of scripture being authentic. So uh, we've been doing a series lately. We have it. It's a multi it's an eight part series called Armageddon's Dawn. And uh, again, that's on Fridays and weekends currently on AM 1160 and 500, I think 50 radio um, stations that carry us now. 
So what we did was we went to Israel. Uh, we go several times a year to do recording and filming. And with the uh, Temple Mount behind me, which of course you can't see on the radio, but <laughs> you can just imagine that's behind me at every spot that I'm recording. I'm talking about at the end times, Bible prophecy. <laughs> and so uh, that's getting really great response. It's also on television, on TBN every week. So uh, people are worried, you know, what's happening in our world headlines today of course, the big snowstorm in Chicago is the big headline. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I'm in New York today because um, I was supposed to be here um, later, but because of the big snowstorm, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and fly out last night. And so I did. And then uh, it turns out they canceled my flight that I was supposed oh. to be on today, which is good that I left early. But there wasn't really you know, much to speak of with, Correct. The, with the snowstorm. Anyways, that's not the Armageddon we're talking about. <laughs> But there is, I mean, there is a lot of problems. Russia, obviously, is a real issue right now. Mm. Uh, it's in the Bible as Magog, we believe. Uh, so the pandemic, obviously, is is a big one still on everyone's radar. So what's happening in our world? So we address all these things. I was fortunate enough to be able to interview Joel Rosenberg, the great author uh, there in, in Jerusalem. He lives there, and he came out and uh, did an interview with him. And then we also had uh, a great... Uh, all of our listeners are going to really start to love this pastor, a Jewish uh, pastor in Israel. His name is Menno Kalisher. His father is a Holocaust survivor, but just delightful. Wow. And I was able to speak to him about Bible prophecy awesome. and a couple other people, uh, that uh, Randall Price and, and some others. So uh, we're getting really great response because everyone, you know, people are nervous. People are worried. People are fearful. But the Bible does give us some answers on what's coming. But what I love about this, Brian and Aubrey, is at the end, uh, no matter what view of eschatology you hold, by the way, at the end, God wins. That's and right. We're on, we're on the winning side. Yep. That's great. That's great. And Jim, we're, we're also excited to talk to you about a special event that you have coming up on Sunday, February 27th, the Gather in Grace event. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? So obviously, you guys know radio television is very one way. Mm. Um, there are some televangelists that say they can see through the camera, but I haven't been able to, <laughs> I haven't been able to do that. Uh, so I, I like to be able to connect and I know you guys do too. Mm -hmm. So we're having an event. We're, we're having them around the country, but of course I live in Lake Zurich. So Chicago's our, our home turf. Uh, we did one in uh, Milwaukee. It was really successful. We're going to be doing one in Tampa and some other places. But uh, Chicago is, is Sunday, the uh, 27th of February. And I'm going to actually talk about the end times. Are we in the end times? And it's going to be a special. It's our it's our Sunday service. But we're going to be doing a lot of special things for Grace friends uh, coming that day. Uh, we're going to be having a nice lunch, free lunch afterwards. And uh, my wife and I were, are going to be spending time talking, getting to meet people, uh, giving books out and things. So um, we're excited about it because I can put a, you know, put a face to people that listen, people that pray for us. It's just a really great way to connect. And I think AM 1160 is going to be there with a promotional uh, vehicle and uh, a table and stuff. Awesome. Uh, and Jim... Uh Talking about the end times and prophecy, like you said, everyone's got different views on eschatology. How is it all going to play out? What's going to happen? But kind of the bigger picture, uh, why is it in, in your mind important for us as Christians to hold that eternal view, to kind of put our hope uh, in what is to come? How, how would you um, uh, explain that to people right now? 
I think if we don't, if we don't study the whole Bible, you know, so much of the Bible was predictive when written. There's still a good a third of that which was predicted that has yet to be fulfilled. So there's a big chunk of scripture that is still future. And I think if we're to be good students of the word of God, we better study all of that. Now, some of it's confusing people. That's where people get frightened. Uh, revelation is is confusing. Well, I, I like to take a literal approach when possible with scripture and all scripture, but even revelation and revelation actually explains itself. A lot of times it'll, it'll give a symbol like a candlestick or an olive tree, but it'll tell you right then or right in that context of what that is. So that's what Armageddon's Dawn is. It's a, it's basically a verse by verse look through revelation, but we did it in Israel and Jerusalem. Uh, by the way, that can be um, that can be watched on our YouTube channel and our Roku channel. Uh, people can go watch all of that anytime. Mm. But I think beyond all that, it's it's to give us that hope. So the pandemic has paralyzed many people, and unfortunately, even Christians. But if you know Bible prophecy and you see the end game and you see God is in control and He knows the future, I mean, God knows the future then it gives us great confidence and we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be afraid. Uh, One of my guests on In Grace said it was Menno Kalischer. He said, it's the light at the end of the tunnel. If you can see that light at the end of the tunnel, it's all going to be okay. Mm, Mm. That's good. That's really good. And Jim, what are you excited about for In Grace Ministries in 2022? Sounds like there's a lot going on. We'd just love to hear what you're, you're particularly thrilled about. Well, we have a lot going on. Uh, we're always going somewhere doing something, but um, we we are excited about something that's come our way. Uh, as as Russia is big in the news right now, uh, God has given us a great opportunity to broadcast in grace television on the uh, TBN network in Russia. So the TBN wow. the TBN signal covers, I think, like a hundred million uh, Slavic Russian speaking people. And so uh, the the slot they're going to put us in is a million people watch that that time slot. So obviously I'm monolingual, lingual. I can can barely speak English, but apparently (laughs) they're going to they're going to translate it and dub it into Russian. So I can't wait to hear what I sound like in Russian. Wow, that's incredible. So that's 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 really exciting. And and pray for the gospel. Obviously, it's all about the gospel that absolutely, you know, the risen Jesus Christ who died for our sins, um, the son of God uh, is proclaimed and that faith in him will save any person on the planet. Oh, thank you for that, Jim. That's such a good word. You can reserve your complimentary tickets for the Grather in Grace event uh, by going to ingraceradio.com. That's ingraceradio.com. If you just want to learn more about Ingrace Radio, go to ingraceradio.com. Also, tune in for encouragement from Jim weekdays at 4 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Ingrace Radio right here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Jim, we always love having you on, friend. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you so much, Aubrey, Brian. God bless you. You too. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you with us today. And Aubrey, I was telling you off air that... One of my favorite things lately is, and maybe it's because I'm getting a little bit older, but I just like to not just listen to like 
different preachers give give encouragement and give point us to Jesus. But for some reason, I find myself drawn to the older preachers mm-hmm. lately. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's actually worth unpacking, Brian, because I'm with you. I totally agree with you. Why do you think that is? They seem so much steadier to me. Yeah, they just seem – and again, this has nothing to do with young preachers not being steady. I think some of this for me is just – uh, projecting steadiness, right? Like they're, yeah. they kind of feel like, yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it all, but let me point you back to Jesus. Yeah. It's that kind yeah. of posture so true. that I really appreciate. And and so one of the guys that I want to listen to, I just saw this on Twitter. His name is Pastor Jim Cimbala. Uh, he is the well-known pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. You might be aware of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Uh, that is Jim Cimbala's church, Brooklyn Tabernacle. Uh, And he, I'm sure this was for his church, he just sat in his chair, looks like it's in his study or something, and uh, just unpacked some good news, particularly around this idea of guilt and shame and Mm, regret, and just trying to give an encouragement to all of us who who have failed at some point. Uh, It's just the gospel. He gives a great gospel message. So let's listen to Pastor Jim Cimbala, and then we'll respond. Wouldn't it be terrible to live in condemnation? when Jesus paid it all. He is the atoning sacrifice. Hear it one more time. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We're accepted by God. Our sins are covered as far as the east is from the west. That's how far our sins have been separated from us. But the enemy doesn't want us to think about that. Satan is the accuser of the brothers and the sisters the mamas and the papas, people of all ages. He comes pointing out our sins. And is it not real? Did we not do it? Say it? Think it? And he'll try to get our eyes off of the one on the cross, off the lamb, and into me. My, what did I do? Why did I do that? I repeated it. Why did I do that for? We overcome him by the blood of the lamb. Satan, you're right. Did that. Everything you mentioned and more. But guess what? I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I've been redeemed. You have no accusation against me. Because Jesus took away my sins. And he said on the cross, it's finished. And the father accepted it by raising him from the dead and and bringing him to heaven where he sits at the right hand. I have a savior and advocate named Jesus. So I am free from condemnation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Rejoice in Jesus today. Amen. All right, Aubrey, I think this is an evergreen topic, right? We, as Christians, we experience guilt over past failure 20 years ago and 20 minutes ago, right? Like, why do I do this? Totally. Why do I struggle? Uh, This is such a helpful word, isn't this? Like, it's not about us overcoming. It's about trusting in the blood of Jesus and putting our hope there. I find that to be so helpful. I I find it to be really helpful, too. And and. I, you know, one of the things that I really appreciated about what uh, Pastor Simbola said is um, the enemy does try to keep our eyes off of what Jesus has mm-hmm, done for mm-hmm. us. And I feel like I can so easily get in like a, a shame spiral or even just like a weird quirky spiral, <laughs> like my mm-hmm. own, my own pathologies and my own weirdness. And I can like be like, God, what's going on with me? I don't know why I'm in this place again. I don't know why I, f- I don't feel connected to you. I don't know why I can't do the things I want to do. I don't. And it's like, 
so easily I get wrapped up in my own issues, in my own stuff, in my own yuckiness, for lack of a better word. And before I even realize it's happening, I'm no longer just sitting, remembering, thinking about internalizing what Jesus has done for me. Mm. And it's like the cross is almost like non-existent in my life when I get in those places. And of course, there's grace for that. But a message like this, which is so simple and so beautiful, is like, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, the enemy is going to do that. And then you just get to go, oh, uh, okay, I'm here again, Jesus. Help me to help me to look at the cross. Help me yeah. to think about what you've accomplished. Help me to remember this is about your work and not my own. And it's just good to hear the good news of the gospel again and again and again. And I, I'm with you, Brian. I don't care. I mean, you can be a professional Christian, quote unquote. You like we are, you know, you can be a Christian for 30 years and still you need to be freed from some of this stuff just by hearing the good news. Yeah. You never outpace the need of the gospel in your life. Totally. And and I guess that's also why I appreciate older preachers sometimes Mm. and older, not just preachers, just older Christians, because I think they've learned through time. Oh, I still need this. Oh, I still need this. And, and go again and again, you know, Aubrey, we were talking, I believe yesterday about the danger of viewing our faith in kind of a transactional way. Like, mm. uh, if I do this, then God's going to be happy with me. Yeah. If, well, well, the, the dangerous dark side of that is then if I keep doing this sin, if I keep having this struggle, now God's angry at me. Now God is against me. Now God wants nothing to do with me. And that is such a dangerous way to have to live your life, right? It's such a difficult way to view God. Like, ah, is the God of the universe, the holy, perfect God of the universe happy with me today? I don't know. I didn't read my Bible very long or yeah. I wasn't really nice to my kids or whatever else it might be. Mm-hmm. I think what, what Reverend, uh, what Pastor Symbola reminds us of here is that, that the transaction is what Jesus did on the cross. It's right, not what we right. bring to him every day. Uh, and so, Aubrey, help people understand people um, struggling right now with guilt, with shame, with regret. What does it actually look like to to trust in Jesus and bring that to the cross, if you will, and find this kind of forgiveness and restoration that Pastor Symbol is talking about? You know, it it's it's so interesting because I, I feel like, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time. And even just this week, I've begun struggling with some of these things, shame and the guilt and things you just carry. And so I... I feel like, um, you know, what almost that childlike faith to just say to Jesus, even if you've never prayed before in your life, or even if you've been praying your entire life, Jesus, I am not enough to save myself clearly. Mm-hmm. Like, look at me in the, the mess that I'm in, even in my head. But your cross was enough and your resurrection yeah. was enough. Would you save me? Would you, or, you know, would you remind me that you saved me? Would you come find me again? That's a prayer I'm, I'm praying to Jesus a lot. Come find me because I can't seem to make my way to you. I need you to come mm. get me. And and I really don't think we over we have to overthink this. I don't think there are right words. I think it is just like with that kind of childlike faith saying to Jesus, I need some help. Your cross was enough. And then mm. letting the Holy Spirit move. And and sometimes it's a matter, I think, of being quiet. Sometimes it's a matter of just being like sur- surrendering whatever that looks for, like for you. Sometimes I think you can actually like even imagine that you're you're surrendering something to Jesus. So sometimes that's helpful for people to like imagine you've got all of your shame and your guilt and your mm-hmm. sin and your yeah, yeah. stuff in your hands and you actually physically like take it to a location that you're imagining as the feet of Jesus. Like I think God honors that. Yeah. Um 
but I th- I think sometimes where we need to have grace for ourselves is remembering that this is a this is a lifestyle of surrender and worship. And um, yes, like once you're saved, you're saved. But this is an ongoing work of of Jesus making Himself bigger in you than you um, can do on your own. Yeah, such a good word. And that's why I wanted to bring that to you today. Hopefully you're encouraged by that, that you're not you're not defined by your your past or present sins and your regret and your shame. There's consequences to our actions, but you're not defined by it. But instead, mm. you are defined uh, by who Jesus is and what he has done for you. And hopefully you find encouragement in that to persevere, to keep going uh, and and to know that good news. Well, coming up next. How does God meet our needs in oftentimes unexpected ways? We're going to talk about that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson alongside my co-host, Brian Fromm. And we're so glad that you're with us today. Um, Brian, we've had Derwin Gray on the show before, mm-hmm. and he's a was a professional football player, now a pastor of a church in North Carolina, um, and just a, a great follow on Twitter, overall a great guy. Mm-hmm. He posted something right around Valentine's Day about a way that God met a kind of a need of his. And a real, I, I want to share it with you, but then I thought it'd be interesting to have a conversation about ways that God kind of shows up in our lives when we're not expecting it. So here's what he said. Over dinner, I was telling my wife, Vicki Gray, how discouraged I was today. Then at dinner, our precious server gave us this note of encouragement. Thank you, Jesus. And here's what the note said. Thank you, guys. I just wanted to say you are one of the only pastors who have truly moved me. Keep doing what you're doing. Have a blessed night. Mm. And I mean, it got over a thousand likes, lots of lots of retweets and, and quote tweets. But, you know, I, one of the one of the subtweets underneath this, somebody said, our Lord is so faithful. He knows exactly mm. what we need when we need it. And that's just one of those things where it's like he's literally telling his wife how discouraged he is. And then this note of encouragement shows up. And mm. I, I think sometimes we. In looking for ways God is showing up in our lives, I think sometimes we miss these small but powerful ways that God's showing us that he knows us intimately. Mm. Because obviously that was a really tender, vulnerable moment for Derwin. And God prompted this server who, you know, again, like the whole thing's so aligned beautifully. He's at the table with this one server. That server was prompted to send an encouraging word at the moment when he was feeling discouraged. Like you just see how God put all of those things in play Mm. just to encourage his son who is feeling discouraged. That's right. That's right. It is. It's just so powerful. Go ahead, Brian. No, it is. And uh, I would love to, as an aside, if I, if I were talking to Derwin, I would go, how did that affect the tip you gave the guy? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Uh, but but I, I want to tackle this one from the perspective of the server, because mm-hmm. if you're let's assume the server goes to Derwin's church or has been there or whatever else it might be, uh, you probably got this prompting to be like, OK, I can write him a note, uh, you know. You know, I'm a little starstruck. I can write him a note, tell him he's been really, but he's having dinner with his family. Uh, Maybe that would be, you know, you start having that argument in your mind a little bit. But this is a wonderful reminder as to when God gives you that prompting that might seem really like small, like, hey, give that person a phone call. Hey, shoot an email to this person. Hey, send a text to this person. 
whatever else it might be, write a note as you're a server and hit this person. You don't know what that's going to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think as more and more of us embrace the uncomfortable, that mm. encouragement can be because uh, you know, there was no telling when they're writing this note, there's no telling how it's going to be received. Right. Or, right. Uh, you know, they might be like, well, what are you, a stalker? You know, like whatever uh, else it might totally be. Totally. Like you're in, like you said, you're, they're interrupting us. Why is this person obsessed? Well, yeah. It could, there's a right. lot of ways this could have gone. You can rationalize your way out of it a lot. And mm. I guess one of the takeaways for me is yes, God meets us so often when we need it, how we need it. And it's amazing. But also yeah. God uses us to encourage and meet other people's needs right when they need it. And how often do we walk past those? How often do we mm. kind of rationalize away yeah. from it? How often do we go, I don't know, they're, that's weird, or I'm too busy, or, uh, well, you know, I don't think they, they need that. And instead, I would encourage people out there, who in your life needs encouragement? Who in your life needs that text, that email, that phone call, whatever else it might be, and then do it. Try it. See what happens. And what yes. ends up might happening is your pastor, your friend, your whoever might go, this hit the exact moment that I needed this mm. exact message yes. in this exact way. Uh, and it, it's transformational. So I, 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 the first time I read this, I thought about the server. I was yeah, like, man, right, good, right. good on this server for going, you know what? I'm going to take a moment. Take I'm going to write them a note. To do it. Yeah. And we're going to see what happens. And I, I just love that aspect of the story as well. You know, I think it goes back to something else, Brian, that we were talking about earlier on the show, which I know this is going to sound kind of funny, but you'll, you'll see the connection. We we're talking about that Hillsong documentary. Um, which seems like they're exposing some of the the bad things in the mm -hmm. Hillsong Church. One of the things that you and I talked about is how seriously we need to take being like the hands and feet of Jesus. Like mm -hmm. we are mm -hmm. actually here as representatives of Jesus. And this is a small way to be that, right? Like because because Derwin immediately was encouraged and said, "Praise Jesus!" Like yes. for him, that act from that server made him realize God saw him. And so I think that's maybe the connection we need to make too. Like, hey, it may feel weird to encourage this person, but if God has put you on their heart or on, uh, put, you know, put them on your heart. That's right. Um, that's because you're meant in this way to share God's love and be a representation of Jesus's love to them. So I, I think, you know, yeah, like you're saying, if you have that prompting, just go for it. I, I actually have a good friend and she'll say, like a weekend will come up and she'll say, Lord, this weekend, I don't want to miss anybody who's in need. If there's somebody mm. in in my life whose need I can meet, would you please make it clear to me? And then she just sort of makes herself available to God. Like if she needs to bring a meal, she's bringing a meal. If she needs to send an encouraging text, she's going to set an encouraging yeah. text. And she's very intentional about doing that. And I feel like that's a good, a good, um, it's just a good reminder for all of us, right? Like God, God encourages us in really powerful ways, but we can be part of that encouragement that God is doing for other people. And the answer is, so if you're thinking, I don't know anybody in need right now, that's, that's never the case. Yeah, <laughs> there are people, the right. there are people right around you who need encouragement. There are mm. people who need uh, a note. They need a text. There's yeah. all sorts of people around you who can use encouragement, who can need encouragement at any point. Uh, and if we just had those sort of, of um, goggles on, right? Like who yeah. in my life needs, they're everywhere, right? Yeah. It's not like, oh God, please bring somebody into my life. They're there. So who in your life right now 
could use a phone call, could use a text, could use an email, could use a Facebook message, whatever else it might be, a cup of coffee, uh, delivery of cookies, whatever else it could be. They're around you. And then if you're in a bad spot right now, if you're discouraged, I would encourage you to maybe even make that a point of prayer. Lord, would you encourage me in a surprising way would you do and see what happens mm-hmm. you know oh, see what so happens good. That's so uh, good. that could be a fun prayer to pray it's not one i ever pray but that could be a fun prayer for all of us to pray and let's see what god does yeah lord would you just surprise me this week with something encouraging let me say one more thing and then we'll wrap up I, I, something you said just struck me brian about you know you, everyone needs encouragement derwin gray like he's the kind of guy that you think oh, he's got Thousands of followers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. His church mm-hmm. is a mega church. Books are bestseller. He was a professional football player. Like you think of all people in the world, this is a guy who does not need encouragement. Yeah. And here's a guy who just a simple sweet note from a server on a night he was feeling discouraged made all the difference in the world. So let's not assume any of us are walking feeling as encouraged as we need to be you know like assume as scott sauls has said and we've talked about this everyone is under encouraged everyone is discouraged Mm. let's um begin to be people of encouragement in our daily lives as much as we possibly can well coming up next we're joined by joanne brada she's the executive director emeritus of hopeful beginnings We're going to talk to you about her vision and all of the incredible work that they're doing with adoption services and maternity counseling in the area. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson alongside my co-host, Brian Fromm. We are thrilled to be joined by a friend of the show, Joanne Brada. She's the Executive Director Emeritus of Hopeful Beginnings at St. Mary's. She's also the host of Hopeful Beginnings right here on AM 1160. It can be heard on Sundays at noon. And we are so excited to have Joanne here to talk about some of the incredible things that Hopeful Beginnings is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Joanne, before we dive in, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work at Hopeful Beginnings of St. Mary's? Oh, sure. Um, I've been the executive director for nine years, and um, I made the difficult decision to um, go ahead and retire. And in doing that, I talked with um, the new executive director, and she said, why don't you take care of AM 1160, and I'll do the rest of it. So I'm like (laughs) cheering. I'm really happy. But um, anyways, for for years, we've done adoptions, and we're known for adoptions. And now um, we actually do um, counseling, and we've been doing it through telehealth, which I really love because there's no barrier, Mm -hmm. and we can serve people all over the Chicagoland area, and in fact, all over Illinois. Mm -hmm. So we look at prenatal and postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression, grief over a lost pregnancy, and transitioning to motherhood. And all of these services are free. And quite honestly, I don't know of another center that does that free. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's yep. wonderful. So uh, hopeful beginnings. As you said, you're returning to a hybrid model of counseling on March 1st with the caveat we all have to use every time now, right? COVID permitting. But yes. that's the plan. Yes. Uh, so tell us more about that change and how this is going to help you even serve your clients better, both online and in person. Oh, sure. I think when um, when clients have a choice, I think it makes it much more powerful. So those that really would like that face-to-face contact um, going into the office, that's going to be available to them. 
Um, and some people get much more out of that. And then other people have a barrier of transportation, Mm -hmm. of, you know, having somebody watch the kids. And, you know, again, that's a big deal. And so they can use, if they'd like, the computer, their phone. They can just do a telephone kind of thing. And so, you know, they can kind of go week by week and, and let the counselor know, what's going on in their life. So it's very, our counseling is very individualized. And and uh, really, to be honest with you, we have supervision and we go over the client's cases. So it seems like we're your friends and we are. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but we really look at it very therapeutically and make sure that we're covering everything that we need to cover to make you recover faster. Mm, That's so good. Um, Joanne, Brian and I both have kids in high school, and I know you offer something helpful to schools, a teen parenting program. Can you talk to us about what this program looks like, how it encourages students? Oh, absolutely. It really looks at the education of the student. And so um, we look at how to be a good mom. Now, these are for pregnant and parenting teens. And I want to stress this because people get a little bit nervous, and I understand why. It, we are not promoting pregnancy in high school by any means. Mm-hmm. However, a good school district will want to educate all yeah. of their students. That's great. Yeah. So um, the, the uh, township high schools that we're working with they really feel strongly about this. And this has been in existence for about 60 years. And I actually used to run it when I was in that district um, for 22 years. And I brought it over to Hopeful Beginnings. Mm. And so they, we, they learn how to be good moms. They learn how to be good students, too. And they understand the importance of finishing high school, which is a big deal, All of our students go on to the next grade or they actually graduate. And we also work with them to kind of bridge that gap between high school and either a two-year college, a four-year college, Mm -hmm. a trade school, beauty school, whatever it is. But we stress the importance of standing on your own two feet and being able to support yourself and your child. Yeah, yeah. And Joanne... Uh, as we all know, pregnancy impacts women in so many uh, different ways. So we'd love to hear about the telehealth options you offer to those who may be experiencing depression during or post-pregnancy or grief after a miscarriage or just general difficulty in transitioning to motherhood. What are some of the options you guys offer? We really we really have um, several counselors and we also offer counseling in Spanish. We have an actual counselor that's bilingual and our executive director is bilingual. And so, you know, all of those things really make up great, a great counseling team. And so they see the clients every week or they actually talk through the problems once a week. That's the most ideal to get through it. Um, what they're experiencing. And we are very aware that um, emergencies can happen. And we're very equipped to, if something terrible happens during a postpartum session, we can get them help. We can um, call ambulances. We can do all kinds of things. These are women that are uh, licensed social workers. And so they really do understand how important 
all of these issues are. Mm. And when you when you lose a baby, oh my God, that mm. it's mm-hmm. devastating, yeah. devastating. Yeah. And people don't know what to say to you, etc. But we know how important it is to address it head on and be able to talk about it and talk about their feelings. It's a it's quite beautiful. And, uh, you know, we see them sometimes afterwards and sometimes they get pregnant and um, call the office and want to talk to their counselor about it and let them know how they're doing. And we so appreciate that. And the transitioning, the transitioning, some women have been working since God knows when, and they just don't know how to make their life different. You know, yeah. they really don't don't get it. And so we get that. That's a common problem mm. and an easy problem to work with and give people goals. We we advise journaling. We advise all kinds of things. And Joanne, I, I would love if you don't mind just to um, ask you a, a little bit of a personal question. How has your faith been encouraged through this work? Or or maybe another way to look at it is how have you seen God work through the ministry of Hopeful Beginnings? Oh, my God, you've given me chills. My, <laughs> faith, my faith has gotten, I mean, it's always been been great, but you know how you can always kick it up a few notches? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, God has shown me all we have to do is ask him and he knows best. And so when there's an adoption, uh, my husband and I pray um, that she will make the right decision. My husband and I pray for our clients. Um, when I say I'm going to pray for you, if I talk to people, I pray. Mm, and um, that has, yeah, it, it's been so strengthened and I'm so grateful. This has been an opportunity in a lifetime for me. Oh, love hearing that. Joanne Brada is the Executive Director Emeritus of Hopeful Beginnings of St. Mary's and the host of Hopeful Beginnings, heard right here Sundays at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Joanne, thanks so much for joining us thanks, today. Joanne. Thank you for having me. It's been a sheer pleasure. You take care. You too. You can learn more about Hopeful Beginnings at hopefulbeginning.org or call 847-870-8181. Again, that number is 847-870-8181. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good on this Thursday evening. We're so glad that you've been with us. It is the end of today's show. And as you know by now, at the end of every show, we love to give you something encouraging, inspiring, or just something to put a smile on your face. And one of our favorite places to go for that kind of content is the Good News Network. It's a website where they just literally share good news stories. There's enough negative stories in the world that they're putting some good things out. So Brian Mm -hmm. and I like to just share with you some of our favorites uh, from the Good News Network website. So I, I'm going to kick off the first one, Brian. This is Let's a funny one. You ready for this? this I'm ready to cha- smile. This may challenge you, Brian. Okay. Lifting weights for just three seconds a day <laughs> helps our muscles grow. Here's what the article says. People who say they don't have time to exercise might have to rethink that after scientists proved just three seconds a day. Lifting weights was enough to strengthen muscle. This is from a new research in Australia and Japan. If you just do one downward bicep curl a day using a heavy weight increasing your muscle strength, you will, uh, sorry, a heavy, heavy weight a day that increases your muscle strength more than 11%. So 30 seconds a day, you got big muscles. 
So this this challenges <laughs> me because I've been lifting for two seconds a day. So I now need to up it. So you got up it to three. You got up it to three, and then you'll finally be the strong man you've wanted to be. Okay, so hopefully that puts a smile on your face. That's a good little story there. We are a microwave society, right? So That's people are true. like, oh, three seconds. I'm in. I'm in. Yep. All right, next one with coming off of Valentine's Day, ancient shard of bone said to be from Saint Valentine's finger is on display at a medieval church. What? Couples have flocked to a medieval church to be blessed by a priest with an ancient shard of bone purported to be from the finger of St. Valentine himself. The fragment of bone has been displayed in a four-inch reliquary reliquary placed on the altar at St. John the Baptist in central Coventry for Valentine's Day. The relic is believed to have been at the church for more than 180 years, even surviving the Blitz when the English city faced heavy German attacks in 1940. Loved-up couples visited the church over the weekend to be blessed by Father Dexter Bracey, the rector of St. John's, with the unusual relic. So... Part of St. Valentine's finger, maybe it will give you uh, luck with love. That is very cute. I love I love that one. I don't know that I want to see the shard of bone from St. Valentine's finger, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's interesting to think yes. about. Okay, this one you almost need to see the pictures for. So I would encourage you to go to Good News Network's website, uh, goodnewsnetwork.org. But this one is very sweet. A daughter surprises her dying mom with a visit from Bambi. Mm. So um, Lisa McDonald and her sister had been caring for their mother in palliative care for a while. They thought of something to bring a smile to their mom's face. Their mom loves Bambi, wears Bambi t-shirts, has Bambi statues, thinks deer are the most beautiful animals. They brought a real-life deer into the care home. And there are just some precious pictures of their precious mom looking at this deer in the face with a big smile on her face. Uh, The daughter posted a series of pictures and videos on the Kindness Pandemic Facebook group. Her mother's face was astonished when the fawn walked into the room. And of course, everyone who watches this video on Facebook starts crying, right? Um, But they wanted her mom to experience something really magical before she passed and here's the best part. The deer's name was Bambi. Of course it was. Of course sweet? it was. It is sweet. Aren't deer, like, are we sure they're domesticated in that way? I, <laughs> like, yeah, it's a, a question. Certainly a question, but maybe it was for a short enough amount of time that it was right. okay. <laughs> right. It had, uh, yeah. So next one's an animal one as well. Stray cats saved a restaurant during the pandemic by lounging on miniature models in the window. <laughs> this is good. What? In classic Japanese horror films, megalithic monsters roam the countryside, destroying everything in their path. However, at one Osaka restaurant nearly done in by the pandemic, it was a band of non-marauding Cadzillas that stepped in to save the day. Uh, Naoki Taroka's miniature railway-themed restaurant was doing well until the pandemic struck. Like many others in the industry, as patronage dwindled, there wasn't much he could do. Things got so bad that the restaurateur was actually thinking of closing his doors until an unlikely hero in the form of a stray cat turned things around. Even in the midst of financial turmoil, Taroka didn't have the heart to turn away the sickly kitten he'd noticed hanging around the restaurant. He and his family decided to adopt the baby cat. They named Simba. Of course they did. Of course Only they to did. realize Simba was part of a package deal. Soon after they'd taken Simba in, another cat appeared at their window that turned out to be Simba's mom. Come on. With a lack of customers and surplus food to spare, Taroka started feeding the stray kitty. Then, during a particularly rainy spell, Mama Cat showed up with three kittens in stow. 
until Taroka decided to adopt them as well. And the story goes that they placed them in the window and people have started like, it it looks like these enormous cats looking over this miniature train. People have begun taking pictures and coming to see them. And it's kind of helped the business get back on track. No pun intended. That's, uh, That's nice. I like that one. Okay. Here's another Valentine's day theme story for you. Um, A town called Lover, this is a town in England, is celebrating Valentine's Day, including a couple who moved to be the lovers from Lover. So the world's most romantic village is celebrating Valentine's Day, including a couple who moved there to be the lovers from Lover. This small community of Lover in Wiltshire, England, became popular with people who flocked there for postcards for uh, February 14th. The main office, the main post office has closed, but a temporary one opens during the week of Valentine's Day to keep the tradition alive. Residents of the village formed the Lover Community Trust in the past five years and have stamped more than 8,000 cards and letters with the phrase sent from Lover. Mm-hmm. Supported by the Royal Mail, a team of volunteer cupids stamp cards with Lover's special postmark before they are sent all around the world. Residents of the pretty village also hang heart-shaped bunting, wreaths, and balloons on their garden fences and their front doors. Uh, there's a message in the town that says, love never fails. Here's the mm. cute part. One local couple, 71-year-old Jill Stark and her 72-year-old husband, Fred, moved to Lover after falling in love oh, to a property located in the center of the village because they wanted to be known as the Lovers from Lover, and they help out with the Lovers Community Trust every year. Is that oh, cute? Fun. Yeah, yep. it's cute. All right, especially for you environmentalists out there. Here we go. India's mass tree planting success. Forest cover grows by half a million acres in two years. Wow. A recent report from the Forest Survey of India found that a recent spurious tree planting activities have taken root in terms of the overall forest coverage in the nation. The country's forests have grown by 870 square miles of forest cover over half a million acres just over the last three years. Mm. And while that isn't as big as the medium-sized American National Park, the sum is part of an equation that includes deforestation. So basically, they're seeing they made this push in India to do these trees, to get them planted, and it's starting to take root, as they so fun said. Such a cool story about them making a difference. Yeah, that that's a very fun story. Okay, here's our last one, and it's a really Ready. powerful run. For the first time, Brian, someone with a cut spinal cord is able to walk freely Whoa! thanks to new technology. Michael Riccati was paralyzed in a motorbike accident, completely severed his spinal cord. There's no therapy for him. There's absolutely no sensation whatsoever in his legs. An hour after receiving a new medical implant that emits electrical signals into his spinal cord, he was able to take some steps supported by a wheeled walking aid. This Mm. is some uh, Swiss technology that's being developed. And the story is really powerful. It's not a complete therapy yet. The device is too complicated to be used in everyday settings. But of course, there's hope that this could help improve the health, the mood, the ability of those who have spinal cord injuries. Isn't that incredible? That's amazing. Technology and doctors Uh, are amazing. They are absolutely amazing. Well, we hope some of those stories put a smile on your face today and uh, help you have a great evening. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.